You all know how we usually start the Easter sermon. I say, he is risen, and you say, he is risen indeed, just like we began the worship service. Well, we're not going to do that today. He was dead. He was dead indeed. They'd seen him beaten. They had seen him crucified. They'd seen him buried. He was dead. And with him died all of their dreams, all of their hopes, everything they believed in. I mean, they'd given everything to this man, Jesus, their past, their present, even their future. And up until three days ago, it seemed like a pretty good bargain. All he had asked was that they have faith in a mystery. And for the most part, they did. After all, they had seen the impossible. They'd seen him walk on water. They'd seen water turned into wine. The deaf could hear, the mute could speak, the blind could see, the lame could walk. They believed with all their hearts in the things they could actually see. But not anymore. Now their beliefs were as dead as their master. There's nothing to do but go home, to leave their hopes, to leave their dreams, and just go home. He's dead. Unless, unless it was true what Mary had seen. She had seen an empty tomb. She had seen unoccupied grave clothes. She had seen two men in dazzling robes asking her, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, but is risen. If that were the case, then he wouldn't be dead. He would be alive, and if he were alive then everything was going to be all right. Their hopes and dreams would be restored. They had nothing to fear. They would live with the Lord forever. So here's the dilemma we face on this Easter morning. He is dead. Therefore, our beliefs are dead. There is no God who can protect us from the evil in this world. And so we ought to be afraid of unemployment and financial disaster and prolonged suffering. We have good reason to distrust strangers. And hey, we can't count on anyone but ourselves. This life is all we get, and we better be extremely careful that we don't get the virus and die. Our hopes and dreams are shattered, and we might as well just go home and stay there. Or what Mary reports in today's gospel reading is true. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And everything is going to be all right. Our hopes and dreams can be restored or resurrected, if you may. And even if we do get sick or some other disaster strikes, there is a God who loves us and will be there to bring us peace and comfort. And even if we do die, the same power of the resurrection that lifted Jesus from the grave 2,000 years ago will lift us up again at the end of time to a glorious reunion in heaven. You know, I read a great story about a Lutheran pastor. He said that when he was attending Western Kentucky University over 30 years ago, he had a science professor who was an atheist. And that was right before Easter and spring break. And a, a student had asked the professor what he was doing over Easter. 
Well, you've heard of Christmas, bah humbug. (laughs) He responded basically in the same manner. He said the Easter story is nothing but a myth. There's no God and there's no way a person rises from the dead. Well, the young female student, who normally was very quiet, replied, Sir, I not only believe in God, I believe in the resurrection. The professor replied, hey, you can believe whatever you wish. However, the real world excludes the possibility of miracles such as a resurrection. It's a scientific impossibility. No one who believes in miracles can respect science. Now, to prove his point, the professor went to the refrigerator where he kept all the lab experiments, and he pulled out a raw egg. And he climbed up on the desk, and he said, I am going to drop this egg on the floor. Science will prove that gravity will pull it to the floor, and the egg will break. Now, I give you a challenge in your so-called faith. He said, I want you to say a prayer right now, and ask that God that you believe in to keep this egg from breaking when it hits the floor. If God can break the rules of science, then you've proven your point. If not, I will have proven my point. And students, that is what life and science is about. Prove your point. Well, the shy girl stood up and she began to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that when my professor drops that egg, that you will prove that science is true and it will break into a hundred pieces and the yolk will run all over the floor. Dear Lord, I also pray that when the egg does break, my professor will have a heart attack and die. Our jaws dropped. Now what? Nobody laughed. Nobody said anything. We just waited. And for a moment, the professor did nothing. He stared at the girl and then at the egg. And without a word, he carefully put the egg back into the refrigerator and said with disgust, class dismissed. (laughs) It didn't turn out quite the way you thought it would, did it? You know, in preaching Easter messages for over 30 years, I would guess that probably 90% of the time I've tried to offer some proof of the resurrection, you know, to convince the doubters. Like, archaeology proves Jesus was a real historical figure, or the disciples would never risk their lives for a lie, and no one could steal a body from a grave that was sealed by the Roman government, and on and on and on. Well, I'm becoming more and more comfortable in not having to prove anything. I'm comfortable not having an answer for everything. I'm comfortable with not fully understanding original sin. I'm comfortable not being able to explain the mystery of the Trinity or the Incarnation, how God became man. Get this, folks. It is faith in the mysteries of God that saves us, not proof positive of the facts. The plain fact is that your eternal salvation is secure through a cross in an empty tomb. Talk about a glorious mystery. 
In the very, very first line of the entire Bible, Genesis 1-1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. (laughs) Another mystery. How did he create something out of nothing? I don't know. And yet, if you and I can accept the very first words of Scripture in faith, then what, if anything, can keep me and you from trusting or having faith in the rest of the promises of God? As far as I know, God hasn't lied to me yet. He is risen. He is risen indeed. You see, it's not some cruel joke by God keeping you in the dark about certain things. The mysteries of life are what make life fascinating and worth living. And at my age, the mysteries of God are about the only thing I can count on anymore to make my heart pound like Peter's. (laughs) I can remember like it was yesterday, one of my very first encounters with mystery. I don't know, I was about six years old and My family had gone out east to visit my cousins in Maine, where my uncle was stationed in the Air Force. We were out at the beach, and I found this huge conch shell. You know, it looked a lot bigger (laughs) when I was little. (laughs) But my uncle told me that if I held it up to my ear, I could hear the ocean. And by golly, he was right. I could take that shell home with me, and any time I missed my cousins, I could just hold it up to my ear and hear the ocean and be right with them. Okay, okay, I know that there's a logical explanation for the ocean being in every shell. But to this day, I hear the ocean every time I put a shell to my ear. (laughs) I love the mysteries of this world. I mean, how about trees that go to sleep in the winter and wake up to grow new leaves in the spring? How do they know to do that? And look at the flowers. Do they have some elusive knowledge, knowing when to die and when to rise again? Or think of a single corn seed that, once in the ground at the right time, with the right mixture of rain and sun, can turn into, what, 500 brand new kernels? How do they do that? Caterpillars into butterflies, birds that migrate thousands of miles without electronic guidance systems, fish that swim upstream. Oh, oh what, about, what about those babies that start from the meeting of two tiny cells and know just how to divide into the individual parts and organs that make up a human body and then turn into children that don't listen to a single thing you say? <laughs> Talk about mysteries. Sure, I know these events can all be explained with elaborate words, but you can save your scientific jargon. I know there are processes and theories. I didn't get off the turnip truck yesterday, you know. In fact, I have a degree in biology, but any and every attempt to explain the theories is incomplete. They just fall flat, just like my proofs of Jesus' resurrection. They cannot explain the mystery of our faith. And yet he is risen. He is risen indeed. We seem to let Easter slip in and out so quietly and quickly in our world. Don't. Spend some time in thought and prayer contemplating what God has done for you. Ponder the wonder and beauty of the empty tomb. Ponder the love of a God who would give up his life for you so that you could live forever. 
maybe even get your heart beating a little faster, resurrecting your hopes and dreams. My invitation to you then today is very, very simple. Claim the mystery of the resurrection as your own. Don't try to explain it. Don't even try so hard to understand it. Just have a little faith, the faith of a mustard seed, in the promises of a God who brings new life, eternal life, and let God do the rest. You, just like Peter, will be amazed at what happens. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.